Hey guys, it's Dave Thompson. Um, most of the time on the podcast, we talk about uh, problems that face individuals with autism that are kind of internal to the individual. Um, like we did an episode about stress, we did an episode about flexibility. Um, but today we're going to be talking about something that's more of a societal issue. Um, and it affects Josh a lot, or it's affected him a lot in the past. And um, I've seen it affect many individuals. And that's accommodations in public places, particularly um, places where families go to have a good time and friends go to have a good time. Um, and, you know, theme parks, I'm afraid of roller coasters, and theme parks are a place that Josh has always thrived and has always wanted to be um, a part of, of the fun. Um, and I know other individuals who have, you know, never spoken a word in their life, um, but wanted to go on the scariest roller coasters in the country. Um, whereas I never did. Um, and you know, that kind of fun, um, for most people, um, I think would say that it's, it's for people without disabilities or it's, it's just for neurotypicals. But for me, it sounds sounds like like autism. autism. wonderful first time at a monologue i guess i really had a wonderful influence on you with mine (laughs) you did i really really liked the monologue it was a great idea that you had and i think that we should do it everyone yeah i I think so too um well hi everyone it's josh um co-founder and your wonderful host of sounds like autism um and again, I'm, I'm Dave Thompson. Pleasure to be here, as per usual. Um, and let's get into it. Uh, All right. it's, it's been another good couple weeks. Oh, great. Um, and we're back. We've had to reorder our, our t-shirts already because they're oh, sound yeah, they, like... they are flying. Sound like hotcakes. However, hotcakes sell. I've never really I mean, sold hotcakes hot before. hotcakes, if but... they sell all the way to Ireland from New York... And Canada and yeah, all they might countries. actually exceed hotcake sales. I don't know that hotcakes go that far. Yeah, wa- so, watch out, IHOP. <laughs> watch out. Yeah, we sold we sold some international orders. We sold um a lot of we sold to a lot of different states. We're really excited. House of shirts. Yeah, and we're really excited about that, that Josh. Right. So why don't you tell oh, them yeah, what, yeah. what we what we set up? So we actually set up this little map we have going on, and uh, we for each brand new state or country. We put a little pin on it, so we know how much like we're expanding, and um, we've been getting quite a few pins on that lately, quite yeah. a few. So, with their help, more pins will go on that map. So let's keep it up. Yeah. That being said, I guess if you're from a state with like a small population or a state that's really far away, you know, we've got like the easy ones like California and Florida and New Jersey. Um, we would love the Montanas and the Hawaii's and the Alaskas. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, but if I can't, I'd love my shirt too. So, <laughs> yeah, um, let's do that. And don't forget the shirts um, do benefit um, the the podcast first and foremost, but um, they were purchased and printed um, by Josh at Spectrum Designs Foundation. Um, so they actually actively help employ uh, people that are affected by autism and related conditions. So uh, your money is going to multiple good causes. Yeah. And um, we really, really love to see our message spreading uh, all over the place. So thank you very much. And that being said, if 
Yes. You want to see any particular kind of merch? Let us know because we will be doing more reorders. We're gonna get you know stickers and probably some embroidered goods like hats. Um, and if yeah. if you can think of anything else, and uh, by let the us way, know. hat. When I first started um, at my job, the the first thing um, that I ever made was a hat. So it'll be like, man, I'm really looking forward to making hats for everyone here. So the yeah. hats are coming. I'll never forget that. I don't know. I don't know if. Uh, I don't think we've told this story yet, but... Oh, boy, how I messed up already. Yeah. Not, not, I would never talk about that, Josh. I'm, no. Um, <laughs> when when, when Joshy first started at Spectrum, <laughs> and uh, he was pretty much delegated to the, uh, to the embroidery, embroidery department. department. Yeah, and when he first started, I, I showed him around on a tour, and I asked him what he wanted to um, get into, and he told me that his career path was to be a pilot. Um, and he wanted to fly big planes, like commercial airliners. Um, and we don't do that at work. So I took him to the embroidery department. I asked him on the way, I said, do, are you good with your, with your hands? Are you, how's your fine motor skills? Do you do anything, um, that requires like really good concentration? And he said that he builds model airplanes and stuff like that. Um, so I thought that was perfect. So I brought him to the embroidery department and, uh, Showed him around, and I kind of I kind of sold him on the fact that um, embroidery machines have a lot of buttons, and, I and, that, yeah. and uh, airplane cockpits have a lot of buttons too. So why don't you you try this out? Um, and I sold him right then and there, uh, and we kind of used airplane analogies uh, while we were teaching Josh how to how important it was to you know check your threads or is like checking your mirrors before you drive or like, you know, your landing gears down or, or whatever. Um, and that was really helpful. But anyway, I'm off on a tangent. Um, uh, I remember that, though. I can't believe it's been so long, but yeah. Um, but without further ado, um, today, let's get to today's um, topic. Yeah. So, so, so you, you are super passionate about this. Topic. Oh yeah. Um, all right, so I'm I'm a huge fan of um, theme parks. I've always loved theme parks. As a matter of fact, since I was a little kid, my parents used to always take me to theme park land, also known as Florida. So um, I would go to Disney and Universal, all, all that stuff. Um, however, the one the one thing though which it was lacking was a good good system to take away like. The overstimulation and the stress, which is um, amplified with folks on the spectrum. So, lots of the time, although I'm a huge fan of these um, theme parks and these companies, I would just be like in um, overload. I couldn't take um, all the things going around. And that wouldn't just affect me, it would also affect everyone who's there with me, like the, my family. And can I just cut in and, and ask um, how? How did it affect your family? Well, at uh, many uh, different ages, it, it was in different ways. The first time when I was very young, we were at a theme park, and um, it was just, and I was a little kid, it was too stressful and undiagnosed. I, and it was too stressful to the point where I, I wouldn't leave the hotel. I just stayed in the hotel pool. And I know my parents weren't too happy about that because theme parks aren't cheap. <laughs> um, but then... As the years went by, when I went, just the lines and the crowds around the lines, it just so much 
sensory overload with all the noises and the crowds and then with the lines you're stuck in one space and like sometimes you just need to move and but you can't and you just feel trapped and Mm -hmm. yeah then my parents have to try to calm me down so yeah then the fun goes away and it's how do we take care of our kid Mm -hmm. so it really affects the whole family unit right um sometimes i remember you know, I, I'm not affected by autism, but I remember, uh, doing similar things when I was a kid, um, to my family. And the, you know, I was definitely the exception as far as neurotypical, um, children, not the rule. Um, I was really, really sensitive to rides. I've still never been on a roller coaster in my life. Um, I finally like water rides, but, uh, that's pretty much it. My, I actually have a VHS tape somewhere, um, of my sister, She's tough, and she's three years older than me. Hi, Melissa. Um, of her screaming at the top of her lungs while on one of those pirate ship rides at a theme park to stop the ride. And they don't stop the ride for people. Yeah, no, they... But my sister, who is probably around 12, and I was nine, uh, screamed at them, and they actually stopped the ride because I was so upset. <laughs> so, um, you know, but there's not a lot of people like my sister at 11, 12, and there's not a lot of people that run rides that care if you're screaming. That's the point of a lot of that stuff. So it's kind of hard for some people to gauge, um, you know, what's a fun, scary thing and what's a horrifying, scary thing. However, though, throughout time, times have changed, and now there are organizations which actually provide the opportunity to give um, staff uh, places such as theme parks and popular public places, the training and the tools required to be equipped to handle families with um, family members with disabilities, such as autism, uh, such as our guests, which we have um, today. Yeah, so when Josh uh, brought up the topic, and, you know, he's super, super passionate about this. Sometimes I, I kind of, sometimes, if you don't mind me uh, disclosing this, Josh, sometimes I kind of have to rein Josh in, kind of like that Dan Aykroyd uh story from last week because he gets so excited. So he wanted to launch this like national campaign. And, you know, this is only going to be our, our sixth episode. So, um, you know, I had to kind of say, all right, let's, let's walk before we fly. Right. But, um, but I started looking into it and I knew that Sesame place had recently, um, become a certified autism center. So I started, I started Googling and we found, um, an incredible organization called IBCCES, uh, and, Great people. I reached out to the executive director one night uh, at like 9.30 at night, and he responded right away and said he was down to talk to us, which is super cool. So we have Myron Pincombe from uh, IBCCES on on the show, and we'll get to that in a sec. Yeah, Um, we are very thankful to have him, and his enthusiasm also, it's, yeah, it's just, it's wonderful. uh, Let's get back to you for a sec, Josh. So... When's the last time that you went to a theme park? Uh, a couple years ago. I don't remember. It was one in Florida, but... Okay, um, so... The reason... Oh, one of the main reasons I haven't gone back is because there, there was a service which they provided, which was taken advantage of by people. So instead of fixing it or thinking something new, they kind of just took it away and... Mm. Because I haven't been able to really enjoy it as much. And it's, although I love the company, 
it's been it's just too stressful and I yeah all I right. can't. But so so I was going to ask you about how you've been doing as an adult with this stuff but you kind of answered that uh, yeah it's still hard yeah I mean even though I I appear it doesn't bother me out there because like the way like I just appear in general it it does right it, it very much so so that that's the honestly the main reason why uh I want to do this episode so everyone knew that like um people really do feel like this overload and stuff and it's out there and I just I feel it's not getting the attention it deserves yeah and but what's so cool about this is you brought up a topic and and you were proposing these solutions and the solutions were great but the neat thing is there are people that are actively yeah. out there trying to improve this and not just at the huge theme parks at you know uh arcades and barbershops and dentist offices and yeah, arcades you know, are another one i'm sure yeah um so it, it's super neat and this is something that i've noticed but wasn't able to quite verbalize um until josh and i were speaking about it and he brought it up to me um i've been supporting individuals that are on the spectrum and have uh, other uh, conditions for a long time and i remember uh maybe 10 years ago going to a water park a big water park in the new york area uh with some individuals and one of them had had autism and was nonverbal uh this water park in particular has this really neat ride where you kind of go off this short slide and then get catapulted um out into the air and fall about 15 feet into a very deep pool and when you are online for this ride it says now this attraction is for strong swimmers only uh, and then it says it in Spanish, and I remember being on the line so long that I would remember, I would memorize it. But I was with an individual that was nonverbal, and he was an excellent swimmer, and he wanted to go on that ride, and he'd probably been on it before. And so we went online, and when we got to the top, they were asking people, are you a good swimmer? And they got to the individual that I was supporting, and he communicates but not in the way that you and I do not even with a head nod um so this person that was running the ride asked are you a good swimmer and I stepped in and I said yeah dude I've seen him swim he's a great swimmer he goes off diving boards and he's been on all these other rides and he'll he'll be totally fine um and they didn't want to let him on because he couldn't say in their you know in in their standard for for words uh whether or not he was a good swimmer uh and i advocated for him if that's what you want to call it and uh he went on the ride and i watched from the top and i don't usually say i told you so to people but i waited for him to swim and get to the side and then i I told the the dude running it, you know, you should really be a little bit more understanding. So this is a really, really good topic. So um, this happens to be the first interview due to technical reasons that was pre-recorded. 
So, for everyone here listening, congratulations, you are listening to the first Sounds Like Autism pre-recorded interview. <laughs> um, yeah, we did go back to holding my cell phone to the to the microphone, unfortunately, for this one. Uh, but I promise it'll 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 get better. Yeah, but and I have already listened to this interview. Dave has, and I guarantee you, this is a wonderful one. Um, we hope you enjoy. Yeah. So, without further ado, uh, the. One of the the key people behind uh, Certified Autism Centers, we Myra. present to you, Myra Pimco. Well, hey, Myra. Um, it's great to have you here on Sounds Like Autism. Um, well, first of all, just thank you for coming on. Um, and I have some questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, sure. so that'd be great. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, it's absolute pleasure, man. All right, um, right, so first of all, um, what exactly is the mission behind the IBCCES, and what do you guys actually do for our listeners who don't know what that is? Uh, That's a great question. So our overall mission is how do we improve the lives of those with cognitive disorders? And uh, we feel the best way to do that is through training. And the best way to take training to the next level is through certification. So we train and certify professionals that work with um, individuals with any type of cognitive disorder, including autism. Um, but we do that in, in the education system, in schools, and we do it in healthcare, and then we also do a lot with the travel industry. That's but, wonderful. Uh, yeah, our, our, yeah. Yeah. So um, can you explain a little bit about something called a certified autism center? Sure. A um, Certified Autism Center is an organization that's a designation that's given to an organization um, that meets a criteria. And what that criteria is, 80% of their guest-facing employees have gone through training with us. Um, They have to be dedicated to serving families on the autism spectrum. And then they have to be committed to ongoing training because we don't believe training should be just a one-time thing. Um, So they have to be committed to the ongoing training and continual professional development of employees. And then the fourth criteria of that is we do a physical inspection of the facilities. So we have one of our experts that goes on site and we develop about a hundred page report that comes out of it. Um, suggestions on how they can better communicate what they do, how they can better serve guests with autism when they come on property. That's, that's, and, uh, the, that's really cool. Man, I wish you guys were around when I was a kid. <laughs> Man, um, yeah, that that's really incredible, and we agree that you know training is a life a lifelong process. You know that kind of development is so important because yeah. because things change, and, and yeah, of course, and obviously it's becoming more and more important that um, that programs like this exist because you know um, not only is it just a, a social responsibility, but it's it's also you know it's one in fifty nine kids so you know that's that's a market and we think that you know people with autism and their families are a deserving market and they deserve to to participate in in you know the global marketplace and in the travel industry and and why wouldn't you want to just make a couple of little tweaks to make that make make uh, a location work for everyone uh that's how that's what josh and i think about um, employment, you know, like the workplace, and it's also obviously what we think about theme parks and, and yeah. whatever. Yeah, so that's that's really really neat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, do you think personally that businesses that aren't directly autism related 
um, can see an incentive in becoming certified. Um, being that, like Dave just said, there's such a large percentage of folks which are diagnosed um, nowadays on the spectrum. Yeah, so our belief is everybody is impacted by autism. And um, you've already mentioned the one in 59 are diagnosed. Um, we all know that the, there's a financial barrier for diagnosis, so we, we believe that number is even higher of individuals who are on the spectrum. Um, but when we go do trainings um, for airlines or hotels, you know, we'll, we'll have everybody raise their hand in the training and ask them if they have a brother or sister on the spectrum or, um, you know, somebody very close to them. And we get 95 to 100% of people raise their hand. I mean, autism is something that everybody can associate with. Most people don't understand. Um, but it, it affects all of us in, in some way or another. So, yeah, the answer is we have businesses that you would think have nothing to do with autism. I mean, Carnival Cruise Lines is a great example. You know, what a cruise ships and autism have to do with each other, most people think nothing, but the fact is that they have 123 ships and they have families with autism that visit each one of those ships every single day. Wow, that's incredible. Wait, so our Carnival is a CAC? Uh, yes, yeah, they're one of our, our partners. Wow. wow. You guys are no joke. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, no, we're, we're trying to take it to the next level. Just trying, it's, it's serious. It's something I think everybody should be a part of and I think once people understand this the story and how impactful it is then um, you know they, they see how it impacts their business as well yeah so that's a good question do you do, do you think that businesses see a boost in popularity from the autism community upon like getting this accreditation yeah we're, we're doing several impact studies of, of our customers right now and um, yes it's a huge boost in popularity in several ways so um it's a big boost in the trust factor from the autism community. Um, the fact that if you have a, a young child or even an adult that's part of your family that's on the spectrum, if you know that 80% of the staff of the place you're going has been trained, it gives you a lot of confidence. Um, the other side we see in popularity is um, just a general community um, uptick. You know, So like when we do SeaWorld, we had four or five of their neighboring hotels that went and certified and we had um, a lot of the different you know, partners that they have in the community that saw what they were doing, um, that wanted to be a part of it. Um, and then the third boost they get is with employee morale. So a lot of these employees, you know, especially I'll use Carnival as an example again, but you know, if they have a, an employee that's in their tit camps, you know, these, these employees are in charge of children the whole time they're on the cruise pretty much. If they don't have the training they need for the kids with autism, then they don't have confidence to do their job. It was, um, so it's, it's you know, and a, a boost in employee morale. It's a boost in overall community um, participation and then also in the autism community as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, we always talk about how there's this kind of extra benefit of any sort of, um, you know, further integration of workplaces or of social um, centers um, that, you know, People are inherently good, Josh and I think, um, and mm -hmm. people feel good when they do good. And yeah. and to to make to engage people in a dialogue where people can have an open forum and bring up, oh yeah, I noticed, like you know, teaching someone what stimming means or something like that. Um, giving people that context, you know, that empowers them to 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 be a better person at work and in, and in life, and it really. Um, 
improves upon your your workplace culture and the culture of your business at large in in our opinion yeah i still can't get over the fact that like you guys got such a big company such as carnival to commit i mean that says volumes and like that just says volumes because numbers speak and some something so big like that that they're able to do it and do it successfully and see like yeah, especially on a problem. ship, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. that that pretty much just says that any um, committed company can do that and see success out of it. Um, all right, so, another quick question. So, can you explain how to get the ball rolling if, let's say, a company or an organization would want to join Carnival, SeaWorld, all that, and becoming a CAC? What would they have to do? Yeah, that's, a, that's a good question. So, we're pretty picky on who we work with, and um. The reason I say that is because the company has to be committed yeah. to um, to going to the training and the ongoing process. Um, the other thing that we try to stay away from is the term autism friendly, mm-hmm. um, because I think it's a term that over time um, really doesn't mean anything, because a lot of times people can buy a sticker that goes on the door that says autism friendly. Um, certification is a whole new level that includes a lot of training and a lot of commitment. So. Um, to answer your question, you know, they can come. They can contact us directly, and um, you know, we interview them and talk about the program a little bit, and really make sure they're committed. And once they're committed, then we start working with them. And again, these, as you can imagine, training a large number of employees, it takes a commitment on our part as well as theirs. So, um, but yeah, they can they can contact us. We'd be glad to uh, to walk them through the process and see if it's a, a fit for them. Yeah. Um, and if there's any like CEOs or anything out there listening, please, I encourage you to contact them. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. So, if the community sees a need to make something a CAC, do you have any suggestions on to how they can make that happen? I'm sorry, Josh. You said um, suggestions on how they can. Become a CAC or? Yeah, if a community like sees a need to make something one. If if people in a community think a certain business should become a CAC, like Josh okay. has some ideas of some places that may remain nameless <laughs> that yeah. he he yeah. really believes should become accredited or should you know uh, do more of of this stuff, and and we're just wondering how community members can go about making that happen yeah that's great so they can the community member can either contact us directly and, and give us the person we should contact um, or if they have a relationship with the business already um, I would suggest going to somebody who has decision making ability within the organization um, telling them about the CAC program and then you know giving them our contact number would be a, a great way to do it but uh, we work you know we've talked a lot about the travel pieces but we work with a lot of different companies. Like we work, we train employees at hospitals, and we train law enforcement in these areas. Um, dentists, you know, pediatric dentists are a big thing that they would work with. So there's, it's not just travel; it's yeah. pretty much like that. It impacts everybody in the community. Barbers too. I saw that's a big thing, especially yeah. for younger yeah, people. Yeah, that's, if you have sensory issues at all, I mean, that can be a very emotional or traumatic experience. Yep. For sure. So we heard that you guys had a hand in many wonderful things, um, such as um, making SeaWorld and uh, parts of SeaWorld and Sesame Place um, CACs. Um, 
Can you speak as to the type of undertaking that was needed for both of those organizations and businesses? Sure. Um, yeah, again, like I said earlier, we're, we're really selective on who we work with because it is a lot of work on both organizations. Um, so like with the Sesame Place, you know, each of their employees went through a, you know, some of their employees went through 14 hours of training. Um, and then they have seasonal employees that went through a little bit less. Um, but they, you know, they put their employees to the training to Sesame Place. I think we had four different visits on site uh, to really make sure everything was kicked off. And then working with uh, Sesame Street or Sesame Workshop with the introduction of Julia and some of the other characters, um, that's, you know, that was all part of the work we did with, with Sesame Place. Wow. But, um, that's, know, so. that's actually, uh, that's something I wanted to bring up to you. So uh, I have a daughter who really, really likes Abby Cadabby and Elmo and uh-huh. Julia. And I was wondering if you had an in and if there was any way that you could introduce us to Julia <laughs> or, or my daughter to Abby Cadabby. <laughs> yeah, we, we might be able to make that happen yet. So it's, um, yeah, Julia's um, a very neat character. They've done a really good job with, with putting that whole thing together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've, Julia's um, on site at Sesame Place, and then um, SeaWorld is launching. A, another Sesame Place in Orlando, which you'll hear about next week. And um, Geely will be on site there as well. And then wow. we also work with all the beaches resorts. There's three of them in the Caribbean. They're part of the Sandals family. Um, but Julia is on site at all three beaches resorts as well. Wow. So, That's um, great. So I got to go to beaches. You, you, you have to. You get to. That's a better way to say it. That's so, that's so cool. Yeah, we were gonna try to get we were gonna try we were putting our feelers out there to try to get Julia on the podcast somehow, uh, speaking through some sort of assistive technology. I think that that would be really really cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, if I can make some connections there with an email for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Julia, thank you so email. much though for um, all this, and this is all like wonderful. This is wonderful with um, all the stuff. Just great. Yeah, it's really an incredible thing that you guys are doing, um, and it, it hits close to home for Josh and, yeah, and for myself. Very. So uh, thank you for all you do, and we're going to be in touch about some making some certain places in New York certified autism centers. Sounds good. And possibly be glad All right, thanks so much, Myron. Yeah. Have a good okay, one. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, what a cool guy that Myron is, and what a great thing he represents. Yeah, I movement. mean... The the quality of that episode oh, the, was certainly look, a little the rough. The audio but. quality was not that good, but hey, as Gordon Ramsay says, it's raw. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I, I'm sorry. I love Gordon Ramsay. So, um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, look. You guys get to hear it as it is. We don't really edit because we want you guys to feel as if you are here at the table with us. Yeah, um, I, I think the the quality will get better and and things will happen as we, you know, sell out. <laughs> but uh this is literally just Josh and I yeah. turning on my punk, my punk guitar microphone um and and just seeing what happens and it's changed a little bit week to week uh and we're still, you know, getting it off the ground, but we're really inspired by everyone's support and their yeah. reactions, so Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys a lot. Um, 
And yeah, that's about it. Um, Please keep in touch with us. Reach yeah. out. We love to hear from you. We've gotten some really awesome uh, conversations going with different people from all over. Very awesome. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, we just love from hearing from you. Any questions you have, also just feel free to um, message us via our email, um, Facebook Messenger. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. Uh, we will get back to you. Um, we're here to help you guys. So um, you guys have a great um, day, and we look forward to speaking with you next time on Episode 7. Bye.